Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We are back. We are live. We are in studio. Welcome to the NFL season's first DC sports rundown. It's me. It's me. It's the big guy, KG, coming through on this victory Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's victory week. You know, I feel good about this. Oh. Oh, man, how y'all doing tonight, everybody? We'll be joined shortly by the man that writes all the checks, the boss, BJ. Um, Man, we got to get into this uh, this Washington win. Uh, it, looked, it looked good at first, and the middle was kind of shaky. But uh, they pulled it out. They pulled it out. Carson Wentz had, he went out and had himself a game. I will say that. But one thing I want to say before anything, the crowd, anybody that showed up to that game on uh, Sunday, I saw more burgundy and white in the stands than I did teal and black. For once, I saw the stadium have Washington fans in the stadium and they outnumbered the visiting team. The way that they got loud. And oh man, it was just, it sent chills up and down my spine. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh, oh. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, we're joined by the man that writes all the checks, the boss, BJ. Evening, everybody. What's going on, man? What's happening, brother? I mean, we, we riding high. You know what? Alexa, play Fazo riding high, because that's what we doing right now. We two undefeated teams, baby. I'm feeling good. Hey, man, I definitely should feel, feel good after a win, you know. And um, week one, a um, lot to take away from week one. And, you know, like always, you know, it's only week one. So it's, it's like it, you still got some – some everybody does, not just you know a particular team. Everybody got some fine tuning to do because we saw a lot of sloppy football week one. That is true. That is true. And I will say this, and I, I was talking about this before you came on, and I you can back me up if you saw it. The turnout of Washington fans was astronomical. It was beautiful. Um, I hadn't seen it in quite some time to have that. So it, it, it's crazy to have that stadium that loud this early in the season. And it's just like the energy was just high. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, I had made a joke. I said, I didn't know the Jaguars had fans. And, you know, you're looking – looking at the camera, you see Teal in the stadium. I was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know y'all actually had a fan base to cheer this team on. So, um, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised at the FedEx turn, the, the, the crowd, you know, the Washington crowd at FedEx Field. I mean, everything this team has been through on and off the field, front office-wise, ownership, uh, for week one, and that could be the turnout. Very exciting. Very exciting. You could feel the energy. 
through the TV on the stage. You're not, you're not trying to say that to be a corny or cliche, but you could definitely hear it. It's like, oh, okay, okay, I'll take that. And that's how I felt. That's I felt the exact same way. But then to couple that with a win, and it was an impressive win. Uh, Carson Wentz, 27 to 41, 313 yards, four touchdowns, two picks. The way he rebounded after throwing those picks, especially the last pick. And he just walks out there, cool, calm, and collected. I don't remember what happened the last play. And he went downfield and threw another touchdown. That right there. That And the first thing I said is, we got a quarterback, y'all. We got a quarterback, y'all. I, I, I love it. And I know Wentz is, is talented. His biggest knock is not him performing on, his, on the field. His knock is being healthy and being able to continue and go through the whole season without missing any games. That's his knock. But we got a quarterback, y'all. And, and some, some of his knock, too, is um, could be – leadership issues a little bit just a little bit and some rumors about some of the, some of those things but to get back to what you were saying you can definitely tell the difference between and I'm not absolutely y'all know how I feel about Heineke but you could tell the difference in the play the decision making between him and Heineke and you know to, to Heineke's defense he's inexperienced when it versus Wentz. Um, you know, Wentz has been on the team that the expectations was to win a Super Bowl. Wentz has been in the conversation for MVP race before he got hurt the year Philly did win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, it's encouraging. It's very encouraging to see um, what Carson Wentz produced on the field and what <laughs> the, the, the other thing, I don't know if People are talking about it so much, though, is the that a healthy Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. A healthy Curtis Samuel. Uh, Jahan Dotson showed off on Sunday and showed you that, hey, this might be that big play top dog receiver. That might this might this might be this kid right here. You know, game number one, didn't he have two touchdowns? Yes, he did. He absolutely did. And then Curtis Samuel stopping on the dime, making people look silly, missing. It's it's it's, it's encouraging for week one. Um, now to to bring it back in perspective and to kind of bring it down to earth a little bit, it was the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I felt like that they should have never been in that game. Like it, it just that's that's how I felt. They should have never have been in that game, and you know we we are talking about an NFL franchise. I get that. Um, just I think I think Trevor Lawrence is eventually going to be a bust. I don't think it's anything there that's uh, that screams number one quarterback. Um, and the crazy thing is, a lot of people watched Geno Smith last night. I'm like man, that's if Gary said, man, that's my my been a the best I've seen him since West Virginia. And that might be what you'd be saying about Trevor Lawrence in a couple of years. You know, last time you see him throw a good pass was at Clemson. So. Now, I will say this. I will say this. Trevor Lawrence was 24-42, 275. A touchdown and a pick. 
I, I can't go all in with that as him being a bust. He was barely think, 50%. Yeah. Barely. But I think, I think he has more too much responsibility on his shoulders right now. And I, it's Ooh. like one of those things. Ooh. Ooh. You, 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 we always talk about it. You can't just throw a quarterback out. They don't give a fuck what pick you are. You can't just throw him out there and be like, go win. It's not going to work. And then this is his what? This is his second head coach, second offensive coordinator. Like, we, we, we worry about these young guys getting Jason Campbell. And for those that don't know, when we say getting Jason Campbell, that means you play – five, six years in the league, and you've had four or five different coordinators, four or five different offenses every year. You know, every year you got something different. There's no continuity, so you can never catch your stride. And then when did Jason Campbell catch his stride? When, with Jim Zorn. He caught it a little bit with Joe Gibbs, but he really caught on and had his best statistical season under Jim Zorn because he had one guy calling the plays, Jim Zorn in his ear tutoring him, and everybody was like, oh, Zone is just doing these dumb workouts. It's not going to work. But then you've seen that, that pocket awareness that Campbell had where he would step up in the pocket, shoulder turn, and deliver a strike. That's what I'm talking about. But in order for Trevor Lawrence to have that, he needs continuity. I And I agree with everything you said, just said. But it's, it's nothing that Trevor Lawrence does that screams big time. It's, it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and this is something me and Gary talked about because of because of Tua, um, not Tua, but Tyree Hill. Number one receivers always get big heads and go to a team. A number one receiver still can't make an average quarterback above average. It just it just I I e Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown. You know he had AJ Brown, Derrick Henry makes him look like a B quarterback. It, 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 he's not a B. He's not a B quarterback. He's a C minus quarterback. He's a serviceable guy. Now, a great quarterback can go somewhere with average receivers and make them look like they're special. That's what Aaron Rodgers have done. That's what Brady's done. All your great quarterbacks make your receivers look special. Trevor Lawrence just does not do that. He doesn't do it. And and you you reeled off his stats, fifty percent. That's not, you know, we're not talking about him carving up the Washington defense. You know, we're not talking about any of that. Like, at, at, at the end of the day, you still, yes, you know, it's only his second year. Yes, it's his second head coach. He had a abomination of head coach last year, somebody that should never have been in the NFL, and uh, Urban Meyer. So, yeah, you get a break from that. But from last year to yes, uh, Sunday's game, there's nothing that screams like this guy is worth the number one pick. This is so far a bust. And I know it's early in his career. I just can't see him being more than what he is now. And, you know, that's just my opinion right now. And I, I'm going to stick to my opinion. Like last year watching him, even with the terrible situation with Urban Meyer and, and, and that coaching situation, it was just like nothing screamed, this kid is going to be special. Well, well, let me let me let me ask you, let me put this into perspective before we move on. When you say bust, with I don't really consider him a bust, but when we're talking middle tier quarterbacks that were top picks, you know, 
you got let's go back to 83 you got todd blackledge uh tony eason bringing in a little modern you got uh, uh uh ryan leaf is the is the the, the the pits i'm sorry ryan leaf great guy terrible shit ass quarterback uh he's the bottom alex smith is the top i'll put alex smith at the top of manageable quarterbacks because what he was able to do with his career being a number one overall pick i put him at the top so if you got to gauge trevor lawrence from alex smith to ryan leaf how far you know into that meter and that's a big meter where are you putting him i mean everybody you name is a bust i think everybody I, every every name you just said was a bust I'm I, Alex Smith, I don't consider him a bust i think he had a slow a, start but he made a career as a game manager he found out he found his niche but see that's that's what i'm saying i'm not drafting top three and getting the game, manager. Draft a game manager that's that's what i'm saying that's to me that's a bust okay i'm drafting uh, sam Darnold was a bust baker's a bust i'm drafting number one number one you have to change my franchise and if i'm drafting number one number one number one number two or number one number three top five top ten you know and, and after five i know the nfl draft after five that five to ten you're reaching you know nobody knew that everybody going into the josh allen draft felt like josh rosen was the better quarterback mm-hmm. and he's done absolutely nothing Josh Allen has become this megastar now. He's 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 on his way to be the face of the league. He's that good, right? So when you say when I say bust, we're going off your draft position. And number one, number one, I'm not drafting you to be a game manager. I'm drafting you to make average receivers look great. I'm drafting you so that Christian Kirk looks like a superstar, and Jacksonville falls into it. Mind we got paid this man number one receiver money because he was lighting it up. That's why – and then you go – the receiver goes to that other team and you see, oh, man, it was uh, – it's not him. It was a quarterback. So that's what I'm That's what I'm saying with Alex Smith, with Ryan Leaf, Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald. Josh now, Rosen. Josh Rosen. Well, and I, I, I put – we know Josh Rosen is a bust. But I'm talking about all these guys were drafted top three. Yeah, Rosen was a uh, eleven. I Rosen think. was eleven. I he, thought he, Rosen went before Josh Allen. Hold on, let me let me make sure. I know he was he was top fifteen, and he shouldn't have been. Like Josh, and you know what? I drank the Kool Aid on Josh Rosen for a little bit. I'm like, young kid, he was in a bad situation. It's got to be something going on there. You know, we got to be able to manage him and and things like that. No, he was the tenth pick. Okay. Okay. He was the tenth pick. And, so. and yeah, and so so that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not. I know that's a harsh word, and you know, like a successful 10, 12 year NFL career is hard to call anybody a bust. But for that draft position, you're a bust. If if you come out and you can't change this franchise, if if I draft you in the top ten. With any position, that's the position I'm like, I need, this is, I need a 10-year solid career out of this person. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not even, and not, and more than a 10-year solid career, I need them to perform at a high level. I need this to be, like, if I draft a left tackle top 10, that's that's my cornerstone for the, the offensive line. You know, you draft a running back top 10, they have to change the game. 
And that's what I'm saying. These guys aren't changing the game. They're becoming in and being that that 18 to 32 ranked quarterback in the league. That's not what I drafted you for. That's what I'm saying. Trevor Lawrence isn't showing anything. Accuracy, football IQ, you know what I'm saying? Game management. I mean, and I know it's just his second season, but I want to address something. The the gray area, all all my Chicago Bears sleepers. I like the Bears. I like the energy. Um, they hit San Francisco in the mouth at, at Soldier Field, a wet, soggy Soldier Field. Like football you, weather. I think that was the best game of the weekend. Football weather. That's that Chris Berman Soldier Field. <laughs> that's that's that. You got to get Chris Berman to do the commentary on that. That 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 was a nasty game in Chicago, scrapped and what. And that's that's what you want to see. That's what you want to see out of these teams that, you know, need to take that next step. Can you dig? Can you scrap? You know, when 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 it's not going right, are you going to go back and sit on the bench and be like, ah, that's it? Or you're going to be like, we just need the ball again. You know, it, and, and, and in these franchises that have been, you know, especially Chicago, they've been behind, they've been behind the Packers. They've been hot behind uh, Minnesota trying to find their way. They got they got fields in there now. And bam, now it's like, hold on now. Because I told you when we was on the show Sunday morning, I said the Vikings are going to beat Green Bay. You did. You did. You called that. And I was like, nah, this is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams made a hell of a difference. And Green Bay looked pedestrian. Mm. They looked pedestrian. And then you got the other side of the ball. You got whatever you want to say about Kirk Cousins. He can throw that football. Now he got Justin Jefferson. He still got Adam Thielen, mm-hmm. and he still got Cook in the backfield. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's uh yeah, I, I agree with you. That's that's a scary thing about these teams. You look at Chicago; they're young. You look at the pieces on Minnesota; they're young. And then you look at Green Bay; they got Sammy Watkins on the receiving core. You know the intro. <laughs> you do not like Sammy. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> if that's if that's the person. You, and your top three receiving core, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. That's it. Just is what it is. You you're in trouble if Sammy Watkins is your number two receiver. You're in trouble. Now, if you got him for depth reasons, and he come out when you went four wide, five wide, okay. But if you if you're trotting him out, no, 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 no. But mm-hmm. not Chicago. Yeah, Chicago is definitely. And, and look, you know, don't look. I'm talking as a Buffalo Bill fan. You know, I think the pieces are there. They just need some time because now you now you got to go through the, the the stages that Buffalo's went through the last couple of years. You have to learn how to win. You have to learn how to beat these teams that one you're supposed to beat, and then you have to learn how to beat those upper echelon teams that you're not supposed to beat. And that's what Buffalo's been going through the last year. How do we beat these teams? We haven't beat. Tennessee when it count. We haven't beat Kansas City when it count. And now it's our time. You know what I'm saying? So now we done went through all this uh, you know, losing the AFC championship, losing the divisional. You get that experience. And like I said, man, Chicago look good. And, and given the weather and the circumstances, hey, they look good. And they got a W uh, against a, a very well coached team. We, we, we talk on this show all the time about how well coached San Francisco is with Kyle. 
and they hit him in the mouth. Best way to beat the the gorilla is punch him in the mouth. Can we beat Green Bay this week? And I'm picking the Bears to beat Green Bay. Yeah, I am too. Because Green Bay showed me nothing. Yeah, I'm picking I'm picking the Bears to, to beat Green Bay. And not because um I think I I just think they, they're hungry. They they they're hungry. They got that W under their belt. And now you're riding high off that W. Now you got Green Bay, another division foe, and it's it's time to put a foot in their ass too. It just is what it is. You Agreed. know. Now looking looking at Washington. Uh, Antonio Gibson started the game, right? Mm-hmm. 14 carries, 58 yards. Uh, Curtis Samuel had four carries, 17 yards. Carson Wentz even had six carries for 12 yards. Um, J.D. McKissick, three for eight. Receiving, Curtis Samuel seemed to be the favorite target. Him and Antonio Gibson. Uh, Curtis Samuel, eight catches, 55 yards, a touchdown. Um, Antonio Gibson, seven catches, 72 yards. Terry McLaurin. The, the number one dog, and you've been getting on me all weekend about this. The number one dog had two catches, 58 yards, one for a touchdown. Uh, Logan Thomas, glad to see him back, uh, three for 45. Dotson, three for 40 and two touchdowns in his rookie debut. Um, We didn't see a lot. I didn't see Cam Sims a lot, and I, I'm, I'm upset about that because I wanted to see him down in the red zone. He's the biggest receiver we have, if I'm not mistaken. And like I always say, Stack him to the left, him, Terry, and Logan. Stack them in trips to the left and let you figure out, pick your poison, because one of them going to pop open, and when they pop open, it's over. It's touchdown all day long. And you've been talking about Kansas for the last couple of years, but what I'm, what I'm going to say to you is if Samuel, Dotson, and McLaurin is on the field, and that, that trio right there is at with Gibson out the backfield, Logan Thomas, Kansas ain't getting on the field. Yeah, he'll, he'll have if, the sub. If Dotson can can get open, because you know I'm not gonna we're not gonna talk about what I told you about 17. What I'm gonna say about 17 is there was a couple times where he looked dejected on the sideline that he wasn't getting the ball. There was a couple mm-hmm. times he looked kind of dejected, kind of staring off in space. When everybody else was kind of hyped up, the offense was, you know, kind of talking, and he was just kind of off to himself a little bit. So, because when is the last time he didn't have the most targets in a game? Oh, like man. that, it, and that's what I'm saying. I, I know we don't have that stat in front of us. It's been a long time, time though. It, it has, and that's what I'm saying. If Curtis, it looked, it, you know, we text back and forth during the game. If Curtis Samuel looked, definitely looked like the favorite. And it looked yeah. like Wentz was comfortable with uh, Samuel. And then, you know, the next one in line was Dotson. It didn't look like – I mean, and, and I know, you know, hey, you know, if, if coverage is rolled the turn, yeah, that's fine. That's all fine the world to say. But you feed your dogs. Yeah. yeah. You have to feed your dogs, whether however you get them the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see. Y'all, y'all go to Detroit this week? Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting to see if we get a, a bounce back game from seventeen. I hope so. I really do. I, and I, but that that you know that wasn't my main concern on Sunday. Him not getting the ball. My main concern was how porous the defense looked in the first half because Jacksonville marched up and down the field that first half. Jack Del Rio got them together and tightened them up. 
they only had what two sacks on uh on uh Trevor Lawrence, one from Deron Payne and one from Jonathan Allen. But and I, I say we got to do this because this is a, this is a shout out to the Midnight Rider since he 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 liked to joke about it. We're gonna give out the Manhood Award every week, and this the Manhood Award goes to Derek Forrest. Number one, he had the game ceiling pick, but he also had a vicious hit that caused a fumble that should really have turned over the ball and became Washington's ball. But he wins the Manhood of the, uh, of the Week Award, so it was a Manhood issue and he solved it. Um, but defensively. <laughs> I just – I couldn't – the defense gave up 383 total yards. You gave up 123 yards rushing, uh, 24 first downs. Now, granted, you held them on third down. They were 3 of 12. 0 for 1 on uh, on third down. I'm sorry, on fourth down. Um, You forced three punts. Uh, penalties, you know, 13 for 90 for Jacksonville, 6 for 63 for Washington. And you kind of kept them off the field because time possession was down for Jacksonville to 27 minutes. Washington had it for 32. But they were so porous. And it's like, I was like, okay, be bend, but don't break. Don't let them in the end zone. And they let them in the end zone. I was like, okay. And if Jacksonville sat there and kicked field goals all day while we were scoring touchdowns, I wouldn't care. I don't care about three as long as we get in seven. The problem that was it was like no pressure was coming the linebackers were getting beat and turned around and all of a sudden it's like a switch flip and then boys tightened up in the third quarter they got a little porous in the fourth but then they tightened it up again i i can't i can't give this defense anything higher than maybe a b minus for this week and the midnight riders in the text window and you just missed it. I just gave out the Manhood of the Week award to Derek Forrest. <laughs> Deeper. So, so it was a manhood issue, and he solved it. So oh, that's the take. We got to find a trophy. You're, you're generous with your rating. You said B-plus for the defense? No, no, no. I said B-minus. And the only reason why it's a B-minus is because they, they changed a lot of things. Because when I first looked at that game, I tweeted, this defense can't play like this all day. Because they play like this all day, we going home with an L. And they tightened ah. up, and they played good. They played maybe a solid two-and-a-half quarters of defense. But that quarter-and-a-half that they didn't, it cost us points. Hey, and I, I agree with the Midnight Rider in the text when I was going to give them a D-plus because we are talking about – we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're talking – and, and and I know the Midnight Rider missed – if he just joined us, he missed what I was saying about Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence is just not impressive. It's nothing you can say about this kid that'd be like, man, if they just give him a weapon or two, Jacksonville's going to be off the chains. It's, it's no point in the game this year or last year where you like, man, Trevor Lawrence is, is that guy. Like when Patrick Mahomes took over for Alex Smith, you like, hold up, who is this? Oh, oh, this kid got an arm. Uh, hold, hold on, like you, it's no moment like that with Trevor Lawrence. So that's why I'm, I, that's why I say you are, you are extremely generous. I'm giving this defense a D plus, and you get a D just because y'all had bodies to get on the field. <laughs> Damn, you start out <laughs> with a D. Yeah, I mean, no, nah, man, I mean, I, I think I'll get an offense a B minus. 
just because they, you know, they showed the re- resiliency, came back, but they should have never been in that position, you know, um, because <laughs> I don't know, man. I I just feel some like certain teams, and Jacksonville until they prove otherwise is one of those teams where you're gonna you you need to put this team away early, and then when you put this team away, get your stats up, and then put the backups in. Yeah, I can't, it, 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 Midnight Rider, I'll give it to you. I'll give him to week eight. I'm just saying what I just saw, and I know his coaching situation last year was horrible with Urban Meyer. But what I'm saying is there's no intangibles I see where I'm like, this kid is it. It's just, it, I don't see it. I just see a, a guy that's on his way to being a bust because he was a number one quarterback. Now, if he, if he was drafted... I'm on a I'm on a podcast in junior. If he was drafted in the third or fourth round, we're not even having this conversation. But we talking about number one, number one. So we'll see. I'll give him I'll give him two week eight. <clears throat> okay. I, you know, I guess the C the C minus is about a little bit better for the defense. Um and I will be looking at Trevor Lawrence for the rest of the season to see what he does. You know? Uh Overall, good win, could have been better, should have been by more points. I think it should have been 28-14. We should have been in cruise control, uh, but it's okay. You just, um, you something just that proved you, my point. <laughs> I, I'm you agreeing just, with you. I'm yeah, agreeing you just, with you. Yeah, you just you – just, but if you're saying that, then your, your rating for the defense is too high. <clears throat> Okay. If you're saying they should have been in cruise control, then you your C your B minus for the defense is way too high. Because okay. that means you agree that this team, this Jacksonville team should have been been put away. Give them a they C. They should have been Yeah, yeah. I'll okay. give them a C. Change that B to a C. Okay. Um something you said earlier about the knock on Carson Wentz. And I was saying it was his health. You you said it's also the locker room culture. Now it's been reported that he's a menace in the locker room. You know, he's a problem. But those reports have been refuted by Jonathan Allen and other players and saying, nah, Carson's not, you know, he's not that type of guy. Um, What what else are they going to say? These are the same guys that said uh, they support Jack Derrida after what he said. So (laughs) give me a ghost pepper. (laughs) Oh, that line. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what what they say about Carson was they have to say. But here's my thing. And, you know, I, I, I when it comes down to captains and you voting captains, my thing is I don't believe a guy should come from another team and be your captain. He played, let's say, you know, of course, Carson Wentz played in Indy last year. Let's say the guy came from Dallas and automatically he comes to Washington and he's your captain. The following year, he played in Dallas last year. You don't know our ways. You don't know our culture. You know that that BS down there in Dallas. I can't vote you as my captain, dog. You haven't been baptized. And that's a problem. Guys don't get baptized when they come to Washington anymore. True story. You remember James Washington played with Dallas. He was uh he, he returned, I think, two fumbles against Buffalo and blew the kiss to the crowd. The following season, he came to Washington. First practice, 
Brian Mitchell took a handoff up the middle, met him. He grabbed him. Brian Mitchell took his helmet off, punched him in the mouth. Fight ensued. My thing is, we don't baptize people anymore. Go ahead and take over, brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hello? You there? I got you there, BJ. Where you go? Uh oh. There you go. Yeah, I, I got a phone call. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the phone back straight so I don't get kicked off. Gotcha. But that's that's the problem. Nobody gets baptized anymore. And if guys are not getting baptized into the way of the 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 way of the um the organization, we got a problem. And I got a problem when you vote a guy captain. And he hasn't done anything with the organization to be a captain. Now, granted, captains are voted by the players. They voted Carson Wentz the captain. That's y'all choice. I don't agree with it because I don't think you should have that captaincy on. Not right now. I think when we go into, you know, week seven, week eight, you'd improved yourself. Now you can talk about, okay, yeah, that guy, he can lead us. But that's just me. That's me. I believe, and, and Doc Walker used to always say this, he, he, when guys would come over from different teams, he would do interviews with me, tell them straight up, when I get down there, we got to baptize you, get that stink off you. And that's what has to happen. Now, granted, the culture's not what it used to be, but we got to make, you, you got to change the things around you to make the culture better. But this whole thing about him being a cancer but y'all voted him if he's a cancer why you vote him as a captain that that that's where i have the problem at why vote him I, as a captain if you I think, think a lot, he's a cancer? i think a, i think a lot of these the, we all know that the, the starting quarterback gets the captains whether you came from dallas new york wherever you come from there's, there's heineke wasn't heineke a captain no sir he was not he wasn't a captain Okay, but and I, I agree to disagree with you. I agree with a lot what you said, but if a couple of years ago Tom Brady decided to come here, you're not gonna get here in the captain. Has he been baptized? Brady? He don't need to be. But he he got seven rings coming here or six when he when he would have came here. Yeah, but that that's the thing. Look at how many guys that came here and had rings before, and you gave them you gave them so much lateral. You know, you gave them everything. And the Midnight Riders say, I think it's Ron Rivera's way to force him to be a leader. If you have to be forced to be a leader, you're not a leader. The question is, if you lead, are they going to follow? You can't be forced to be something that you're not. I'm sorry. No matter, no, no amount of uh, 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 pushing, talking to, if you're not a leader, you're not a leader. That's that. Everybody doesn't have it. Everybody is not bred to be a leader. Everybody's not raised to be a leader. Everybody's not raised to be an alpha. Some people are raised to be betas. We talk about that all the time. We talk about alphas and betas all the time. And I, I was telling uh, uh, one of my girls, I said, you know, 
That's one thing my mom never taught me how to be. She never taught me how to be second to nobody. She taught me how to be first. She taught me how to get up and lead. Take control, lead. That's how I was raised. I don't know how Carson Wentz was raised. I can't say. I didn't grow up with him. I don't know if he I, I don't know if he has the leadership gene. But if you got to be forced to be a leader, we got a problem. My honest opinion. And I agree with that. You know, um, yeah, I just think that for the most part, your your quarter your starting quarterback is your captain. You know, because he's the face of the franchise. Whether he's a good guy, whether he's a true leader, he's a captain. Um, and you know, Wentz is a vet. You know, he's he's proven that you know, given the right circumstances, he can put some numbers up. So I don't really have a problem with him being named captain. I understand what you're saying. Coming to a franchise and earning it—that's how it should be. But unfortunately, you know, with the we live in the participation trophy era, so that's not what it is anymore. And it might be for some coaches and some teams where, you know, you have to earn that. But for the most part, your 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 I think Trevor Lawrence is the captain. Ain't no way. There's <laughs> no way that they voted him to be a captain. That's what I'm saying. There's no way. Let me throw this out there. And you know I'm a fan of America's Game. And I wish Gary was here because I know he's seen it. If you've never seen this episode of America's Game, it was with the 68 Jets. And Joe Namath was like, they voted me captain. It was one of the greatest feelings in the world. Oh, I cherish it to this day. And then uh, uh, Jerry Philbin's like, we voted him captain to make him take responsibility and stop doing the things that he was doing. It wasn't because he was a great leader. We voted him that to try to force him to be a leader. See what I'm saying? And that worked. But it worked. But the thing is, he felt so joyous about it. Then the next clip to say, yeah, we didn't vote it because he was a leader. We didn't want to. It's not like we wanted to follow. We wanted him to take responsibility. Seems you can't create false hope like that. And then here we go. 40 some years down the line and we're doing an NFL network in, in 2062 talking about this 2022 team and how good they were and you know they defied the odds and they did this and they did that and well you know they voted carson the 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 vet oh carson says oh man i loved it i I, they voted me captain it was so great and then you got somebody like uh cam curl was like we voted them captain because you know we just wanted to force them to be a leader that's a gut punch that is a gut punch and it's only it's only a gut punch if you don't admit you you weren't that before. Like I think if you said ask Joe Namath, you know, if he was okay with that reasoning, he would say yeah, because I was all over the place. And when I got that, it straightened me up. And some guys, <clears throat> you know, you, a lot of your coaches used to be good, you know, be able to tell your good character guys and the guy that had that had that it but just needed that extra push. And sometimes the captain would be that. Or sometimes it would be, you know, put them in charge of something to get their mind focused. Stop, Brian. Um, so if you ask Namath, hey, does that, how does that make you feel? I guarantee he'll say, nah, I needed that. I needed that because I was doing my own thing. I wasn't really, you know, focused and calm. But you, you just, and I, and I think you can get that off of just him saying, how much it meant to him to be captain. Yeah. And it, it meant a lot to him. <laughs> it meant a lot. And 
I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. You got Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, and Charles Leno representing the offense. I, granted, Leno was there last year. I can understand Scary Terry because I make him my captain on Madden every year that I play with him. He's always one of my captains. It was always him, uh, him, Brandon Sheriff, and Dwayne Haskins were my three captains on offense. My three captains on defense were uh, Payne. No, it was Allen, Cole Holcomb, and at one point in time it was uh, Landon Collins, but I took his captaincy away from him. And then, of course, Trust Way. Those are my captains. But it just seemed like it does, the captaincy doesn't have the luster that it once had anymore. Wait, how do you make Haskins a captain? Oh, this is – he was still with Washington. So he was I, – I, one thing that I've always been proud of, and this is why I always saw the greatness in Dwayne because I've seen the mechanics. I turned him in from a – I think he was a 70-something overall. I turned him into – with superstar ability and, you know, superstar track. I turned him into a 96, 97 quarterback because I was making smart throws, short stuff, and – Put a running game around him, and he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yes, Under my tell the truth. Tell the truth. You had it on rookie. No, I did not. He, he I was did not. Fifteen hundred yards a game. No, I did not. Fifteen touchdowns. Nope. The most touchdowns I ever threw for with Dwayne Haskins. I think I threw for six, and I did it. I, I get ginned up about the Cowboys, but I. The thing is, when I got Dwayne Haskins rolling, nobody could stop me. Nobody could stop me. And I was like, okay, all you got to do is put a line in front of him. And I know we're getting off subject. It was just so many things that I saw that I knew he could accomplish. And it makes me sad because instead of me saying, you know, he gets to accomplish it for somebody else, it makes me sad because he can't see the end game. We can't see the potential that was there under a Mike Tomlin, under a – uh, Bill Belichick under a, a, another coach. We can't see it now. And that makes me say it. But Haskins was always my captain. Not because he was the starting quarterback. No, the way he played. Once I went through the second or third season of the franchise, and he started getting better and progressing. Turnovers were down. Hey, here's his captaincy for you, player. That's just, that's just me, though. That's how I roll. I believe in giving the captaincy to my homegrown veterans that have been here that make the culture better than what it was. Now, I, I, I granted Logan Thomas, what is this? His third year here. I could see him being a captain. Of course I could see scary Terry be a captain. Uh, Brandon Sheriff was a captain when he was here. So once he's gone, I would give it to chase rule. A fourth string wide receiver captain. That was just a no blow. I had to throw out there. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> uh on the defense, of course, since we're talking about captains, is Allen, uh Holcomb, Kendall Fuller, and then uh Tressway for the special teams. And of course, Tressway, and you know what? Speaking of special teams, I am so tired of saying, you know, hey, we got the best punter in the in, in the NFL. You know how many times Washington has sent just a punter to the Pro Bowl? That is like got to be the most as a fan. That's got to be like the most damaging thing to your fandom, to your psyche. The best player on our team is our punter. How many times have we send Matt Turk 
to the Pro Bowl and nobody else. Sav Rocker, you know, it's just it's stuff like that, you know. And then, but then, what was that? Two thousand seven, well, two thousand eight Pro Bowl. We sent Chris Samuels, Ethan Albright, the good old Red Snapper, um, and somebody else. It was a third player. I can't remember who it was because they all wore twenty one. And we sent them to the Pro Bowl. But when your punter is the only player that goes from your team and that punter is the best player, sometimes it's like, okay, why is my punter my best player? Either it's because he can flip the field and help the defense or he just gets a lot of got on work. And Tressway, Tressway didn't get a whole lot of work on Sunday. Um, where's, my, where's, my, where's my stats? Where's my stats? Where's my stats? I lost my stats. Um. Yep, I lost my stats. It's all good, man. Look, hey, look, man. I, 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 you know, I know what you're saying, but you know, if he's if, if the punter's the best, the punter's the best. Maybe whoever whoever's making the decision on the punter should make the decision on the the skill positions too. Because mm-hmm. obviously, y'all got punter punter down pat. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he only punted three times Sunday, so, you know, not a whole lot of work. But overall, Washington played a pretty daggone good game. Uh, Next week, as we said before, they will go to face the Lions. The Lions dropped – I ain't going to call it a heartbreaker. They dropped a a stunner to the Eagles, but it also showed me something. There's a weakness in the Eagles. Because if I'm not mistaken, the Eagles were up in this game big. Um, they were up 21-14. I'm sorry, 24-14 at the half. 38-21 at the end of three. And then the Lions roared back, scored two touchdowns, just ran out of time. So that's showing me that this Eagles team may not be as powerful as once thought. They are not the division darlings. Um but the Lions come into this game 0-1. Washington goes into this game 1-0. Um, haven't got a line for it yet. Don't want you know, I don't look at lines until we get to at Two least Saturday, half. Sunday morning. Two and a half for the uh, the line. For Detroit. Yep. Okay. I like being um, underdog. Okay. I'm about to give it to you now. The over under is 49 and a half, and the over I mean the the spread is two and a half for the Lions. Okay. Home. And you know they they give you three at home, so that says something. It does. So um I know we getting close to time, so I'll I'll give my early Tuesday prediction for this game. Um, I'm taking a Lions. Ooh. I'm take I like and, and the reason why I'm taking the Lions is because of <clears throat> kind of what I keep leaning on is that the struggle versus the Jacksonville Jaguars versus okay. Detroit played a way better Eagles team with a way better receiver um, with an AJ Brown, you know, somebody that's, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny right now, but AJ Brown is AJ Brown. He had a, if you had him in fantasy, you're smiling ear to ear, probably still. Um, but <clears throat> the same thing I was saying about the bears you saw the fight in Detroit. That if that was Detroit a couple years ago, that party wouldn't have been a 52-21 game. They'd have gave up 
and that would have been it. But they fought and they scrapped. And like you said, they ran out of time. I'm going Detroit. I think um, with Washington defense doing what it did and then Detroit defense letting up 38 points, I'm going to take the over on the 49 and a half. I'm going to take the over on the 49 and a half. And I got this being a a field goal type game. But I'm, I'm going to take Detroit. I'm going to say I'm gonna say the same score, but Detroit. I'm going to say 38-35. Detroit. I, I guess you're putting pressure on me. Now, don't put this down in the book. Don't write it down. Don't take a picture. Just me speaking. I'm going to say Washington. And the Midnight Rider said Vegas trying to get people to pay the for the point five to boost it up to three. Two point five is the new three. I believe that because I see two point five more than I see three for home teams now. So that that that's crazy. Uh, but I'm gonna say Washington, and I'm this is not because I'm a Washington fan. This is I used to always say when we had the Detroit Lions on 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 the schedule, and I said this from maybe 91 until about 2013, 14. We're not losing to the Detroit Lions, but then that changed. So, you know, I look at that now, um, but I'm going to say this because it's the Lions and they're, they're, they're trying to come into their own. Dan Campbell's trying to do something there and he's looking to bite kneecaps off. But I'm going to say Washington in a squeaker. Squeaker. 24-21, last second field goal, Joey Sly, from about 41 yards out. Straight down the middle, boom. We Let's go home. Let's go home. And the Midnight Riders say with mobile gambling, they making newbies pay for the points. Oh, well, that's probably so because every, everywhere's got mobile gambling. Everywhere. Now, let me say this. Since I got the Midnight Rider, I got the boss BJ. Let me say this, and it's a DC thing. Quick rapid fire for you, BJ. Forty-five seconds. Somebody, I can't. I don't remember who it was, but they said Bradley Beal is probably the only superstar that deserves a championship this year. Agree or disagree? I'm I'm sorry. The superstar, like in 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 this area. A superstar in the NBA. <clears throat> oh nah, uh-uh. it's 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 way more. One, you don't deserve a championship. You earn your championship. So that's that right there already ruffles my feathers. That somebody deserves a championship. You don't deserve a championship. You 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 ball your ass out to get a championship. You know, unless you're playing in the bubble and you're the Lakers. Oh boy, we gotta let that go. But no, 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 he doesn't deserve a championship. If, if we're talking about players I would like to see a ring, my number one would be Chris Paul. And I know people, you know, say what you want about Chris Paul, but I would definitely like to see Chris Paul get a ring. Um, I had another name in my head, and I just completely blanked out somebody I would like to see get a ring before uh, before they have to call it quits. If it comes to me, I'll, I'll go, but I'll let you. I'll let you go next, or or uh, <laughs> I see it uh, before before I know my forty five seconds up. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I agree with you. Now the Bill slander and the Lake of Bubble Hate. I don't like the Lake of Bubble Hate. I get on Bill because, dude, you got the green light. You're a scorer. 
the thing is, I need you to be Bradley Beal that's dropping 40, 50 points back-to-back games. And, you know, guys are like, all right, we're just going to have to pick up the slack when Bradley go out. And y'all beating teams by 10. You got you had the roster. Every time they have a good roster and it don't work right away, they get they let it go. But now you got Montrez. No, I'm sorry, I got Montrez Hurl on the brain. They should have never let him go because that dude was a dog. Um, you got Kyle Kuzma, you got Bradley Beal, you got Hachimura hopefully coming back healthy mentally and physically. You gotta do something with this. Does Bill deserve a championship? Everybody, anybody that's in the NBA right now deserves a championship because you're you you realize the dream that only a few get to experience. And I agree with you, BJ. Chris Paul is one that I would love to see get, get a ring. Um, I have a I have an issue with the word you're using. Deserves a championship. Nobody deserves a championship. Championships are earned. You, you earn your championship. You put in the work. You build it, and it's from top to bottom. The owner, GM, you, the culture. You have to earn your championship. And, and it is no – I'm not giving any Bradley Bill slander. Lakers slander, bubble championship, yes. But Bill, all I said is he don't deserve a championship. He has to earn that. They got him, Kuzma, and the unicorn, Porzingis. They got a, a three. I can't, they're not a big three. They haven't done anything. But they got a three that could possibly make some noise. Now, the the problem's going to be is it, I don't think this team is a top four team in the East. If you're not even the top four team in the East, you're damn sure not going to a championship. I think this team that they have now is just good enough to maybe get a six seed and not have to play for the uh the playing game but here's the issue that's looming if they award vegas and seattle teams and let's say memphis and minnesota gets moved to the east the wizards are never going anywhere because that memphis team is primed for a five to six year run that way that team that's constructed right now is a problem and that ain't nothing the wizards can handle the way they constructed right now I, I agree. I agree. They young and they hungry. And uh, the Midnight Rider says there's a reason Montrez is on team four in th- three years. It is. It is. I just refuse to believe it. Um, The other name that I was thinking of that I would love to see get a ring. Number one, and BJ's not going to like this, is Carmelo Anthony. Um, Number two is Hell Damian Lillard. I, big, you know Hell what? No. I would love. I, this is me personally. It, it, storybook. I would love to see the Banana Boat Crew together one time on a team. That's Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron. They win a championship, and then they be like, "All right, we out." And the next era can begin. I mean, granted, I don't want to see LeBron retire, but I mean, how long is too long? But I want to see the banana boat crew all have rings so they can, you know, they take their pitches in retirement. Everybody can flash the hard with. Bro, one now, now you if you asking me what player I don't want to see win a championship, is the number one player is Carmelo Anthony. He's selfish. It's all about him. He's proven that over his career. I, once he left Denver, 
he was about self. The true Carl- Carmelo Anthony came out. I don't care if I gut this New York team. I want to go to New York for personal reasons. I'm going to gut this team. They're not going to have a chance to win. <clears throat> if J.R. Smith and uh, Amon Shumpert are your next two go-to players, you're in trouble. That's just like I said with Sammy Watkins. If Sammy Watkins is the top three on your depth chart as receivers, you're in trouble. <laughs> if if Carmelo Anthony is leading your squad, you're in trouble. It just is what it is. If he, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, being number one because you can shoot 50 times a game isn't the same as being a, a number one dog. Isn't the same as Jimmy Butler being a number one. It's not the same as Embiid fighting and scrapping. It's not the same as Giannis. Like and, and, if you shoot if you shoot fifty times for your whole career, I mean, I hope you score twenty points at least. <laughs> like I mean, and, that, and that's when I'm, it's just like, yes, two thousand nine Melo was a dog. That was oh, that Western yes, Conference Championship uh, when uh, he went head to head with Kobe. And that and that that's the last year he was a dog. The New York Mellow was just a selfish, you know, for me player. And he you know, was he still he still showed his selfishness in Houston when he was joking about they want me to come off the bench. He wasn't joke, he was serious. Like who am who are y'all? I'm not coming off the bench. Like, bro, you are a bench player now. And you know, it says it said I'm sorry. It says no, no. a lot because your counterpart that you came in with is still the face of the franchise and LeBron James. So the, you ain't even thing up with him. The reason why he went to New York, the rumor was he wanted to go to Miami with Bosch, Wade, and uh, LeBron. He wanted to go down there with them and all hook up. I think Chris Paul was even, even mentioned for a few times. But they told him, nah. Go ahead and go to New York and get that bag. His wife at the time, Lala, her career was in New York. She wasn't trying to up uproot and, and, and go to uh, 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 Miami. New York was bigger for her. So he went and got the bag in New York to build her career more because and he just kind of lost. It's like he lost the, the, the fire. He, yeah, he, he had that. One good season, and then he lost the fire in New York. It was over. And here's the thing. If and I know we got to get out of here because we we about to run on an hour. And I know we you know we talk about what could have should a lot, but if that that mellow team, that Denver mellow team that went toe to toe with Kobe, had stayed together, and I say the same thing for the OKC team with Durant Westbrook. Two more seasons, they probably would have won a championship. They probably would have won a championship because they had a really good team. That Denver team was really, really good, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They had a, a, a nice amount of complement pieces, very well coached. Same thing for OKC. I don't, I, I'll never say a Scott Brooks team is very well coached, but they were talented, and you had a, a, this, the, you know, one of the top scorers in Durant. You had a prime Russell Westbrook. You had a good top-to-bottom squad. Um, so, yeah, it's just, like I said, number one player, we asking who don't, who I don't want to see win a championship is Melo. I'm not going to – I ain't going to keep going because I know we got to get out of here. Well, 
that's uh that's the boss bj i'm the big guy kg we gonna get up out of here uh i guess we'll come back sometime thursday talk about the thursday night matchup uh division game kansas city versus san diego um, kansas city versus the la Chargers. still can't get that right but um until then uh make sure you listen to us on all platforms we got a new one Podvine, shout out to them for uh coming through we on a new platform so i think that makes platform number 21 22 something like that but like i said 2022 distribution deal is heavy it's big baby it's real big so for the boss bj the midnight rider in the text window shout out to the gray area for the comments earlier uh we are the sideline junkies we don't do no overtime we are out of here